Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. And I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors. You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions. Now let's get on with the show. Our live. We're live now. Don Ludicky with Romance Happy Hour. And I am here, of course, with the beautiful Dylan Crush, who is not at all jet lagged. I know. I mean, you're not looking jet lagged or like you just had a really tough week looking for celebrities in Houston or anything like that. Um, I mean, I was there for a writing conference. The celebrity spotting was, you know, a side thing. Yeah. Yeah. We were, um, our conference was at the Four Seasons, which is not, you know, where I normally stay um, when I go places. And with the World Series there and everything, um, there were quite a few celebrity sightings. So it was, wow. it was fun. That's awesome. I've only, I saw Tom Selleck once and he was crossing the street in front of us in Las Vegas going to a volleyball game. You know, oh, if, you, if you've only seen one, Tom Selleck is not a bad one to see. That, right? That's it, man. If I had to just see one, I'm like, oh my gosh, we steal my heart. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Selleck is a, is a favorite of my mother's. Yeah, she's one of the. Thank you for dating yep. me. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> no, actually, I am younger than him, not by much, but I am so. I think so, Dawn is uh, Dawn is a little yeah, stressed I, trying to figure out how we're. I'm trying. So <laughs> we are having some here. technical difficulties with one of our um, with one of our guests. So I'm actually going to say, um, Dylan, would you mind just kind of? Oh wait! Oh my gosh, she's here! Oh gosh! Okay. Love you, Vicky. Vicky, she's here! Oh my gosh, I love you. I don't know why it took so long to pop up to get you here. So, yay! We are I'm here. So Okay. We have two amazing guests today, the wonderful Maggie Adams and the beautiful Vicky Vicky Wollen. Did I say that right, Wollen? Yeah. Thank you. Okay, great. Awesome. Um, and um, first, before we get there, Dylan, what are you working on? Oh, um, what am I working on? I don't know. I'm working on trying to just figure out what I was working on before I went to my conference because when you go to some of those conferences like whoa um so I I've got a couple different things in the works um I am about to send out the holiday heart on book boxes for romance happy hour um we had a printing issue with some of the books and like these are I don't have one in front of me but I mean, they're, they're, you know, like this is the um, Jingle Balls one. So they're like this size, you know, they're huge. Um, And, and half of them, um, half of them came in wrong. So we uh, we had to reorder and, and um, so, yeah, while I was in, in Houston, my husband was saying, you know, why do we keep getting all of these super heavy boxes (laughs) delivered to the house? Um, oh my gosh. So never, we got them replaced and everything, but yeah, so that's, so those will be going out super soon. So I've been working on that. And then I had, um, I think, yeah, since we were last on, well, last, last time we had romance happy hour was release day for, um, tasting temptation, the second mm-hmm. book in the whiskey Wars series. So, so I've been yeah. celebrating that and, and writing, writing, nice. writing, writing. Yes, ma'am. So, and I've just been editing, 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 editing. So, I mean, I guess between the two of us, we can, I mean, a book ends up from there. So, <laughs> writing and editing. Um, what about you, lovely ladies? Let, introduce yourselves a little bit and tell us what you're working on. Okay. Um, I'm uh, Maggie Adams. I'm an international bestseller. And right at the moment, um, I just finished up a series for, oh gosh, Heels, Crimes, and Nursery Rhymes, which is um, a fun little uh, group series of people that are getting together writing little uh, modern takes on um, nursery rhymes. Uh, Unfortunately, yeah, it's really fun, but I got stuck with Who Killed Cock Robin? It's like... (laughs) Okay, you know, does anybody even know that thing? I had to look it up. 
anyway, but it, the story turned out really fun and really cute. And I absolutely love the cover. Uh, so be looking for um, To Kill a Cocky Bird. Get the little play on that. Um, in January. And then I'm also so really, really proud of um, the Tease Me collection. I'm one of over 20 authors. I think there's 28 of us now. And we each took a little um, a little play on words um, from the Tease Me collection. And I got Tickle Me. And I'm very proud to say that the gentleman on the cover is my husband. Ooh. Yes. Oh, yes. fun. I'll tell you more. I'll tell you more about that as we go. <laughs> I was going to say, do we get to see this at some point this evening? Well, no, uh, because I, I'm on my phone and I can't figure out how to do that. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I might have you pop in and say hi. Sounds good. Yeah. Or, yeah, or yeah. you can always oh. You can always post it. Yeah, I mean, you've met him, Dylan, because we were we were there at Deadwood, Wild Deadwood, in twenty one. Oh, that's so, yeah. true. Yeah. Well, I yeah. just gotta say, our viewers love husbands or significant mm -hmm. others. Like when they pop on, like they just go nuts for them. Oh yeah. Um, but I did I did want to say real quick because we do have some new users on tonight. Um, you have to give you have to give Streamyard permission to use your name. So, um. If, if you're brand new to our show and you haven't given StreamYard permission to use your name, we can only see you as Facebook user. So if we don't, like, call you by first name, don't, like, hate us for it. But if you want us to call you by your first name, just make sure you put your name in there and, and we can uh, we could be like, oh, Linda's got quite Actually, Karen's got questions tonight, which we're already excited about. Um, so, okay, going from there, sorry to interrupt Maggie. Vicki, no. what about you? So first of all, thanks for having me. And when I found out I was being, you know, interviewed with Maggie Adams and I looked at the variety and the, the number of books, I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my God. <laughs> privilege to be interviewed with you. So thank you for that. Um, so I just finished my uh, A Snowflake Christmas series. The book's over here. Um, I do sweet uh, contemporary romance. And um, a snowflake Christmas is fictitious and it's set in Montana. And I know uh, y'all live in one of you lives in Montana anyway. <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, love Montana. Yes. So I'll be reading from a snowflake Christmas, the elf, which is the third book in that series. Each story stands on its own, but that's what I'm going to be reading tonight. And these books behind me are the Romancing the Holidays series. I'm a member of First Coast Romance Writers, and as you all do the group writing, Maggie, these is our group writing. Um, it's fundraiser for the nonprofit organization. Uh, these are all romance stories with uh, holiday themes. So some of the authors are New York Times bestsellers or USA Today bestsellers and award-winning bestsellers, and some of them are new. And when we've had people review the stories, they were like, really? These people, it's their first time they've been published. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so it was really cool to see that wonderful mix and writers supporting them. Yeah. Yeah, That's for awesome. sure. I love that. So, and I don't want to mess up your beautiful display back there, um, but our viewers do love to see covers. So if you have the book that you're reading from back there, just feel free when you do, yeah, to show us that cover. They love it. <laughs> closer let's let's get it real close let's see it oh beautiful oh, that's pretty yeah i love that yes, i love that so this is author donna dime abigail owen she did the entire series and she's really good at working with the writer i said i want this and want that and tweak this and she she was just very patient and, and did everything i asked and i was just thrilled with her work yeah Nice. Awesome. Well, we are, well, of course, you know what? Again, my computer clocked fast. So I was like, oh my gosh, we're like only coming up on the half an hour, but we're not. We're still good on time. I don't know. I think it gets faster and faster each week. It does. 
Yeah, every every time we go live, Dawn's computer acts up and speeds into the future. I don't know. I, I think you need to just keep like a clock and a watch. And... I do. I mean, I got my phone. So that's why mm -hmm. I had to look at my phone. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's like seven minutes fast now, I think. <laughs> uh, but still, um, Maggie has graciously agreed to reverse. Um, so we're like always we're going to pop Maggie up there. And okay. the rest of us are going to be off screen and muted so we can give our undivided attention to the wonderful Miss Maggie. And Maggie, you are up there by yourself okay. now and can't wait to hear. Great. Well, hi, guys. Um, this is the book that I'm going to be reading from. And I'm also going to be let me get it out here. There. There's the phone. Um, I'm also going to be giving these very limited paperbacks away signed so um please uh do whatever you gotta do because this thing is chock full of your wall street journal new york times usa today and best-selling authors so we did a really great job it is a pnr right now um at the moment as i said i was writing i just finished um the uh book to kill a cocky bird which should be pre-ordering soon and my newest one is Tease Me, and I'll have my husband come in, because I know you guys like that. So I'll have my husband come in, and um, you can see the guy who was on the cover. And mine was entitled Tickle Me, so that's just one of them. But I got a great idea for the other, uh, for something else real quick. With, along with the Tease Me, if you go to, um, well, anywhere, my group, Maggie's Minxes, you go to my page, Maggie Adams. Uh, just about, I'm on uh, everything, but you'll see a special pin section there where you can actually get, you're going to love this ladies. You can actually get, we made a calendar for 2023, a digital calendar of all the hot men on all the covers. And my husband's in there and, oh, I'm sorry. And the digital planner too. We made a digital planner. And I say this, like I take, take credit for doing it. I had absolutely nothing to do with it other than to go, Ooh, ah, it's wonderful. Anyway, it's great, and I'll show you how to get it, both of them, and an extra uh, companion set of stories from the authors that are totally different than what we have now. Um, anyway, just hook me up or DM me or whatever. You're going to love it because this, this is primo, primo. But now, to get back to my newest one, which I am going to be sending, Shifting Magic. There's six or, or eight books within here. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit about the blurb. Okay. Um, this one came to me actually, um, <laughs> when I was at camp, uh, I, we have a family reunion every year and, um, we haven't gone in several, well, anyway. Um, but it came to me when I was at camp years ago and I, saw so I just sort of wrote it down a little bit and then I expanded on it for this series cause it just fit perfectly. All right. So Diane Zamaroni's, mine is called Killian's Quest, sorry, <laughs> getting ahead of myself. Diana Zamaroni's community is different than most. Paranormal of all kinds and humans cohabitate amicably in her small village. Peace rules their slice of the world, at least until one cold winter night. When Killian Arroyas, one of the infamous vampire twins, born to the leader of the U.S. contingent of paranormal beings, he arrives, not exactly on her doorstep. His twin, Royas, has killed their parents and sent Killian on a quest to find his mate before Royas can kill him and her, too. Unfortunately, he knows exactly where she is. Grafton, Illinois, present times. A haven for the paranormal. Grafton's actually a real town. Diane Zamaroni glided across the worn floors of her general store, Ned's Shed and Sausage Shop. Her long legs and ample hips sashayed to the beat of the music, blaring from her old stereo. The lime green microfiber dusting shoes she sported on her feet had her twisting and turning all around the tables to Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. She belted the lyrics to Oh What a Night as her gray-haired cat, Birdie, watched from his spot near the cash register. She turned to make a final sweep when a fierce howling rent the air. Bertie jumped, 
hissed and raced into the kitchen. Diana shook her head, making her long, dark ponytail whip back and forth. It's just the wind, Bertie. Get over it. But a crash of glass in the kitchen had her scurrying around the counter, mumbling at her skittish cat. I swear if you've broken... She came to a standstill as someone crashed through the window, sending shards of glass twinkling across the floor. He landed against the stainless steel island. What in the... She darted over to the person who lay unconscious and knelt to check for vital signs and found none. She put a trembling hand to her mouth and she realized the stranger was dead. She reached for the phone in her pocket, but a pale hand gripped her ankle. She screamed, falling back on her butt. No, he said. Run. She stared with mounting horror as realization pounded her brain. Not human. A vampire. Run, please, he croaked. She crawled across the kitchen floor and reached in the back of a cabinet for her grandmother's silver teapot in the case of more intruders. But the vampire tried valiantly to sit up. You stay away, she shouted, and ran toward the delivery door. Then uncanny howls rent the air. Claws scratched against her screened-in porch at the back of the building. Run, the vampire whispered again. But it was too late. A werewolf ripped the door off its hinges. His eyes darted about the room and landed on the vamp. Her pulse raced, her throat constricted with fear. She didn't think she could be more terrified. No escape. The werewolf blocked the exit. She doubted she'd make it to the front. She screamed when he lunged at her, scratching her arm. She grabbed a cast iron skillet from the stove next to her and swatted him. The beast barely flinched and clutched at her again. She dashed around the countertop and spied the candle lighter she used to light the pilot of her ancient gas stove. She seized it as the werewolf yanked her ponytail, pulling her close to him. Sorry, dudes. I lost my page. <laughs> Flicking off the safety, she lit the flame and ignited the fur on his face. The wolf shrieked and let her go. She snatched the basin, bacon grease atop the stove and threw it as he advanced. She jabbed him with the lighter flame again and again and again. He caught her wrist, twisted and squeezed until she dropped the lighter, but the flames already licked across his fur. He yelped in pain and retreated out the broken door, batting the fire from his body. She sighed in relief and then tripped over the vampire crawling toward her. His fangs elongated, but he passed out. Diane scooted around him. She needed help and tried to locate her phone and found it in its scattered pieces on the floor. Well, hell, she mumbled. She glanced at the vampire. He tried to warn her. He told her to run. So maybe she'd give him the benefit of the doubt until she came to. Still, this vamp had a lot of explaining to do. Chapter 2. What did you do? She looked at his injuries as she dipped the washcloth in a water bowl and gently dabbed the large hole in his side. It definitely didn't look good. His eyes fluttered, and he murmured, Silver kills. She glanced at the teapot on the floor. No, he croaked out, sighed. Oh, she gently grazed the spot. It's a bullet. He nodded. You need to go. He'll be back. Well, I can't just leave you in the store like this to die, she said. Sorry, I didn't mean to sound mean. Need blood. Deer or pig blood? Living in a paranormal community like Grafton, she had all sorts of supernatural happenings that a normal general store didn't have. No, human. The stranger had tried to warn her, to save her. She dashed over to the teapot and grabbed it. Okay, you can take my blood. But once you're done, you better let go or I'm going to shove this teapot in that hole without hesitation. Do you understand me? He didn't respond. Do it, 
she said and turned her head away, squeezing her eyes shut, holding tightly to the teapot, waiting for the pain. But nothing happened. Opening her eyes, she noticed he was unconscious again. He must be too weak, she thought. She reached for the paring knife near the cutting boards. Okay, you can do this, Diana. She let out a whimper and made an incision on her wrist with the knife and blood spurted. Oh God, oh God, oh God, I'm gonna die. She raised her wrist once more to his lips and within seconds, his eyes opened and he greedily sucked the warm blood from her veins. It was funny, it didn't hurt. She thought it would, but it was more like a gentle suckle. An unexpected sensation coursed through her veins. Desire pooled between her thighs. After a few more seconds, she tried to pull away, knowing full well if she didn't, she'd succumb to the passion and give not only her blood to this mysterious stranger, but everything. This was why so many fell victim to the vampires. It created such a need. He held on to her wrist with a firm grip. She yelped and whacked him across the face with the teapot. Well, that's it for me, ladies. Really good. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much. Very yeah. vivid. I Like, the pictures were just there in my brain the whole time. I love it. Well, thanks. Now you know what my husband has to deal with when I say, how oh, I hurt myself. And then I go into some big medical explanation of why I can't help. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Linda said you had me at Vampire Twins. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. She's she's a hoot. She's my PA and she's just the oh. uh, my best friend. She she whips oh. me into shape. This is a different Linda. This is Linda Dunn. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Linda Baker. Okay. We, we have no. several Linda. We awesome. have several Linda friends. Um, awesome. This is Linda Dunn. She is one of our uh, Canadian Ca viewers. Our Canadian. Oh, cool. Yes. Yes. Cool. I hope to visit Canada one day. Well, okay. she's got. You have to say hi to Linda. Hi, Linda. <laughs> I'm walking. I'm walking because I didn't know I was going to have to use my phone, and I'm at ten percent. So I'm going to plug in quick. No big deal. I'm I know. Here. Poor Maggie. We had her set up on her computer, but it kept freezing. So yes. she had to okay. make that I'm, last minute change. I'm good. I'm yeah. back. Oh, in here. Come here, dear. He's right here next to me. Okay. okay. Let's see okay. the cover model. Say hi. 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 Nice to <laughs> Thank See, you for being you on go. her cover. He's also known as part a uh, part of my blog. Sometimes is attractive over forty man. So my AOFM, that's him. Okay, oh, okay. AOFM, I like it. I love the goatee. I love the goatee. My husband has a goatee too, so I'm partial to them right now. I, he's very he's he's pretty good. I gotta say. Oh, fun. Um, and Linda says hi to your silver fox. Oh, Linda Dunn says hi to yourself. Now, is that Linda Baker or Linda Dunn? Dunn. I, Linda Dunn. That Linda was Linda Dunn. Dunn. Okay. Yep. Well, yeah, we then, haven't um, we haven't heard from Linda Baker. I don't know if Linda well, Baker Well, she has COVID, so she might be sleeping. Oh, oh no. shoot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, bless her heart. Gotcha. Yeah. It's like the third time. Yeah. So, with that bless your heart comment, or bless her heart comment, where in the South are you from? If you don't mind at responding, you don't have to. Oh, but. no, no. It's perfectly fine. I Okay. <laughs> I was raised by my grandma, who's from Kentucky, from Paducah, okay. Kentucky. So I, when I tend to get a little nervous or a little excited, it, my y'alls come out. Okay? Yes. <laughs> so, but I actually live in St. Louis, Missouri. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, like this made me a little, you know little nervous but uh that's why it i tend to twang you should hear me sing it's it's full-on oh, baptist gospel beautiful <laughs> yeah so so my uh my yells came out in texas this past weekend it seemed like the longer i talked to to people <laughs> isn't it quick how 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 that happens yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I tell you, I go down to Thanksgiving and Ned, Ned has to has to listen to what I'm saying for like two, three days after going, I didn't understand you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What's funny though is if you live down there long enough, you can kind of start to to figure out where from the south 
you're coming from based on oh, your yes. accent. Yes, so. definitely. Definitely. I met a guy the other day in, in Montana and he started talking and I said, okay, listen, I know you're from the South. I'm going to say Louisiana, Texas. And he's like Eastern Texas. So <laughs> I was like really close. <laughs> well, where are you at in Montana? If you don't mind my asking. I'm, I'm, I'm in Darby. I'm in the town where Yellowstone is currently being filmed. So oh, how little awesome tiny, tiny town. Yeah. We have about 700 people in our whole town. It doubles when Yellowstone's here. So, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, I, my brother-in-law, my, my husband comes from a family of 10 kids and seven of them are, are boys. And uh, my brother-in-law lives in Bozeman. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Bozeman's a beautiful area. My aunt. It really um, is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She used to live over there. Went to a couple concerts there, you know, Woo, looking it up, Bozeman, big city. Oh, yeah. Big but, city of Bozeman. Yeah. Are we taking questions, Dawn? Or? Yes, we are. I was just going to say, Dylan, I know we've got a lot. So, well, yeah. Karen, Karen um, evidently is injured, but she said she could copy and paste. So, she, it looks like, just picked some random questions to toss up here. Okay. Um, so we'll get through a couple of them. And then I saw we do have um, a couple other questions too. So um, let's see. I'll just pick one of these. Um, when you're writing an emotional or difficult scene, how do you set the mood? Mm. And we'll have um, both of you answer. But Maggie, since um, do you want to go first? Oh, okay. Um, when I'm writing in an emotional scene, I basically um, I... I, I set the scene by um, putting on some really like dark instrumental music and it kind of gets in my head. And then I just kind of, my husband says I zone out. I just sit in a chair and I close my eyes and I just think on it and think on it and think on it. Mm -hmm. And um, I can usually like try and put myself in the heroine's uh, shoes and I, I can go from there, let her voice carry through for me. Um, that's, that's how I do it. That's also how I do the sex scene. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, how about can... you, Vicki? Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I do that sometimes too. I'll be like, I'll be like typing and then I'll stop and I'll be like this. Yeah. And my husband's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. Why are you interrupting me? I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Go ahead, Vicki. Vicki, your turn. <laughs> So when I'm writing, I'm, I'm, I'm in my own zone, and this is kind of where I write, which is why I set this up. Um, I usually have the same instrumental music, uh, piano, so that I don't really listen to it, but my brain hears it and it knows what's going on. And so I, I connect myself into the character as if I'm living it. And so if it's an emotional scene and the character's crying, I better have tears in my eyes. And if they're, you know, upset, my stomach better be upset. And if I'm finishing the scene and that's not happening, I know I didn't hit the mark and I go back and, and, and redo it. So I, I kind of embody the character, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have... Do you have different instrumental music for your moods, though? Like, do you have, okay, well, I need to be, like, super sad. So you put on a certain instrumental music or, like, you know, dramatic, you know, anything else? I don't. I, I don't. It's the same um, instrumental piano. I don't know if you know who oh, George yeah. Winston is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so, and I kind of listen to the same thing over and over again. And it, so it's just in my head, but it's not guiding me. I just let my inner thoughts guide me, not the music. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of writers do that with music. I haven't been able to like change those views. Uh, yeah. Now I listen to Barry White when I'm writing the sex scenes. Michael Buble when I'm feeling romantic. Oh, Michael Buble. Yes. I love Michael Buble. I I did a um with with my PNR, I do um I will actually listen to Phantom of the Opera. I have the either the Phantom of the Opera or Love Never Dies, and I will just put it on and it'll mm -hmm. just be in the background. You're like, oh, like <laughs> <laughs> just like getting me in the zone so yeah that's one yeah. of my my things what about you dylan do you listen to um you know i music? used to 
I haven't made a playlist for a while, but typically when I, that's always, you know, one of my favorite parts when I'm working on a book is I'll make a playlist and then, you know, it never fails. If you hear one of the songs and you're out driving in the car and you hear it, you know, it just, it triggers me to go right back into the story. So, um, yeah. so I really enjoy that, but I haven't, I haven't done that for a little while. Just I, I normally happen do to be with writing my cowboy books. I don't know why, because yeah. I, I love country music so i get excited when i get yeah. to write one of my cowboy books and i get to to make a playlist with country music so yeah that's what happened to me with um hard to love when i wrote hard to love and was listening to it literally just on repeat just that one mm -hmm. song on repeat mm -hmm. and then i met lee bryce <laughs> it's just like ah. it was amazing <laughs> but yeah yeah all right, do we got more questions? We do have some more questions. I am going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, Linda Dunn wants to know, speaking of holiday themes, because I think we were talking about the anthologies and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, besides Christmas, has anyone written a book for another holiday? So, um, I well, mine has a holiday in it. It was Halloween, but it wasn't written specifically for Halloween. It just happened to be November, October, November kind of a thing. Yeah. You, so my first series is Christmas theme, and I'm stepping away from that. So in this book, the, the Romancing the Holidays, volume three, I did Memorial Day on purpose to, to get away from Christmas. Okay. And in 2023, it's not going to be romancing the holidays. Instead, we're we're switching it up to uh, romance in the tropics. But any of these three books all have a variety of holidays in So raise your hand. Let's just do a raise a hand here. Who has written a Valentine's Day story? Anybody? Bueller? No? Nobody? Mm. Nobody's written a Valentine's Okay. I mean, I'm going to have to just say a challenge here that we all should probably Maybe. write a Valentine's <laughs> book since that's like the well, holiday tease, of love. Tease Me comes out on Valentine's Day. Does that count? There you go. Sure. I mean, hey, yeah. Uh, all those comes out guys. then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me see <laughs> if we have, uh, let's see. I thought there was another one that I saw down here before. Oh. Um, I, I don't know who's, who asked this one because it just is Facebook user, but it says, you see a shooting star and make a wish. What are you wishing for? So what would you wish for, Maggie, if you saw a shooting star? Um, actually, I would probably wish for more love. Not for me, but for, for everyone else. Because I think if you have that, that can just really solve a lot of the world's problems mm -hmm. you know yeah i'm, I'm not going to be in a swimsuit competition next am i that was that was definitely a miss america question <laughs> <laughs> you never know what what will happen on romance happy hour so i, I will say no <laughs> i wouldn't rule that out how about you vicky what are you wishing on so i you know it was following the thing i was with you maggie i was like you know if uh, reward kindness. If there was just a little more kindness and respect in the world, and the, we would exactly. all just be so much happier with ourselves and everybody else. Definitely. See, you guys are a lot better people than me because I would have wished to win that two billion dollar Powerball. I know that's what I was just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're being altruistic and everything, and I'm thinking, oh, can we get what the I child the of you know Hemsworth and Henry Cavill, and somehow, I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you're such better, more more better people than me. <laughs> like money. <laughs> All right, let's do one more from Karen, and then um, and then we want to hear from Vicky. So let's see. Um. Oh God, Karen's got some deep questions tonight. I know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do some of her this or that ones. Um, Karen wants to know what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, mine is mocha almond fudge. Oh, yum! Ooh. Yes, that's a good one. Candy cane. Ooh. Ooh. Like peppermint, like vanilla ice stuff. cream or, or peppermint ice cream with candy cane pieces. That would be good too. 
Yep, 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 yep. I'm originally from Cincinnati, and there's a shop called Graders. If anybody's ever been to Graders, it's a, a German ice cream shop, and they put huge chunks of peppermint in their their ice creams. Awesome. Yeah. What about you, Dylan? What kind of ice cream would you want? Um, you know, I gotta say, I'm I'm a big fan of Cherries Garcia, um, mm. Ben and Jerry's Cherries Garcia. So. But, I mean, if we're not going, you know, like, specific brands, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I guess cookie dough. I, I'm not super exciting. Cookie Maybe dough. I'm, or- I'm less exciting than you because I'm all out cookies and cream. Like, I'm oh. almost old school. I mean, vanilla is mm-hmm. old school, but cookies and cream, I think, is almost old school. That's yep. true. You know what, though? Yeah. It's really hard to beat, like, a homemade vanilla um we we've done that have you guys ever done homemade ice cream we got my husband oh, yes. those, um like the metal thingies that you can put all the ingredients in and then you have to roll it around we do that up at the cab well we haven't done it for a while because we're all lazy but um <laughs> when you make homemade ice cream a homemade vanilla ice That's cream there's not that is the best not much better I, than that yeah i have a pampered chef ice cream maker and it but it's more like a one night kind of events so we all get small bowls which i think is good for our waistlines anyways yeah. <laughs> but yeah yeah love it homemade for sure all right well should we hear from vicky sure yeah yeah vicky we're gonna put you up there you're gonna be by yourself so no cussing <laughs> pg-13 <laughs> In her sweet holiday romance I, i'm not sure <laughs> So a quick setup here. Um, This is a romance story, so it has a happily ever after. And when you have your two main characters, sometimes they're being pushed and pulled together, and sometimes they're being pulled apart. And in this particular scene, they're being pulled pulled apart, but there is a happily ever after. So Bodie owns the trading post. And in this town, originally, that was the only store. And as Snowflake, the city of Snowflake grows, he's losing his business. And so he's kind of worried about that. And he's not certain he's worthy of of love of a woman. And Teresa volunteers at the trading post to wrap presents for free. And so this particular scene, they're in his store and there's not a lot of customers. So they have some private time. So here we go. And when I raise my hand, that's an internal thought. I mean, you can see the italics on the page, but it's a little easier when I do this so you know what I'm talking about. This situation seemed better than a date. They hadn't had much private time together. Well, almost private, ever. Topics of discussion meandered all over the place. He'd hoped they'd never run out of any subject to banter back and forth, but eventually they did. While with people, including Teresa, Bodie always avoided long silences. A couple of questions popped into his head. Why the new Christmas tree this year for the competition? Why did she volunteer at the clinic instead of attending the 12 Days of Christmas competition? But what he really said was, why didn't you go to the Christmas celebration with Harry? Somehow, he'd seized on a different subject entirely. Immediately, he clamped his jaw shut, hoped the holiday music drowned out his question. Who told you that? Teresa put down the roll of shiny gold paper and encroached on his personal space. As he drew close to his body, her face tilted up to his, the fruity smell of her candy cane breath rose to his nose. No matter, forget it. He cleared his throat. Uh, uh, I hear you're going to sell silk poinsettias at ornaments at Olga's gift shop. She crossed her arms over her chest. You don't get to change the subject that easy. Out with it. I plead the fifth. He raised his hands, palms out, offering surrender. Fine, I'll figure it out myself. Hands and fish, she walked away a couple steps, then returned. The only locals who were privy to that private conversation were Sophie and Mayor Jamison, Sophie's not a gossip. Every fiber in his being wanted to confess. He reached out to her, but missed 
his language center shut down. His gaze fell to the floor and his posture slumped. The Jamesons are a pair of blabbermouths. She started cleaning up her area, haphazardly tossing tape, ribbons, and paper into its container. When she lifted the box and hurried towards the break room without another word, he chased after her. With the wrapping paper supplies returned to their storage place, she turned to leave. He blocked her path. The fury in her face made him flinch. When she found her words, it shattered his confidence. Neither you nor anyone else in this town has to say who I do or do not date. Grabbing her coat, pushing past him, why do men always ruin everything? He mirrored her every quickening pace, step by step, all the way to her car. He never left his store unintended, but his need to put things right with Teresa outweighed his store's security. It'll be fine. I'll only be gone for a few minutes. Then she jumped into the car, slammed the door. But while she was there, he gave the vehicle a quick once over. No way was she driving under that much snow. At least let me clean the snow off your car, he shouted to the icy white powder covering her driver's side window. She opened the door just enough to toss out the scraper brush combo. Without a coat, hat, or gloves, Bodhi began to shiver before he took his first stroke to knock off the frigid snow. Teresa, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said anything about that subject. He put his face as close as he dared to her window. She looked away and blasted the Christmas carols on her radio. His wits returned to him as he toiled over his task. Luckily for him, it wasn't below zero. He cleared everything but her windshield, and he trudged through the drifting snow and planted himself against the back of her car. He cupped his hands and hollered, I'm not moving until you talk to me. He waited, knees locked, numb fingers tucked under his arms. Another verse of the song played before she turned down the volume and lowered the window a tiny bit. He stayed put and yelled, yes, the Jamesons have issues, you're right. Please forgive me. The silence pained him more than the frigid temperatures. I'm jealous, okay? Her door opened and she stepped out. You crazy fool. Jealous of what? He asked you out before I did. His honesty lifted the weight he hadn't known he had carried. And whose fault is that? She took three steps, yanked the scraper of brush out of his frozen claw. You're forgiven. Before he could gather his thoughts to reply, she jumped back into the car. He, she had the defroster on, so she managed to brush the snow off the windshield using her wipers. She put the car in reverse, and he quickly scrambled out of the way. Are we good? He bellowed as she passed. She didn't answer. Well, at least she'd forgiven him. He dug deep, fought the brisk wind back to his store. He and his new Christmas tree were its only occupants. Everything rested in its designated place. No new customers. With an unsteady stride, he locked the front door, flipped the blue neon open sign off, and dimmed the lights to the overnight level. He unplugged his second tree, second place tree, stabbing his sense of self. The only thing that cheered him while he got down on himself was helping others. In the storage room, he worked on this year's Christmas giving campaign. His staff and his closest friends, including Teresa, understood this section of shelves was off limit. He used them to organize the boxes and bags of gift he gave to local families in need. To preserve the dignity of his extended Snowflake family, new names showed on the packages. He organized it all in his head. Teresa complimented him and his process and his generosity several times. He recognized what people needed. Sometimes, if he didn't have it in stock, he ordered it. The store inventory was on his laptop, and each time he moved an item into this gift zone, he took it out of the dividends he tried to pay himself at the end of each year. But he grinned to himself because he made certain no bonuses would be paid. He gifted every spare penny every year. Each time he put a gift into the special shelf, 
it bolstered his sense of well-being. If only Teresa were here right now. She'd make this good thing even better. Then something Ralph said more than a month ago bubbled up to the forefront of his mind. Had Teresa been waiting for him to ask her out? Sorry, I'm just trying to get everybody un unmuted here. <laughs> All the applause. Good. I love it when um, when authors read because you know when you read you you put the inflections and everything exactly yeah. where you know you, you want it. You intended them and and um, yeah, I just love listening to to everybody come on and read. Yeah. But yeah, awesome. thank you for sharing that with us, Vicki. That was fantastic. Thank you very much. So we have more questions, right? We do. Um, and actually, yes, Teresa has appeared because Teresa was Facebook user before. And so, um, okay. so now I can see Teresa and we've got Jennifer on and Teresa is, um, <laughs> Teresa says it's a little strange to hear her name is a heroine. So that was kind of a yeah. treat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always wonder, you know, when, when, um, when we are picking names for heroes and heroines, um, if, if people find it odd, if they read their own name in one of the books. So um, how do, as I'm looking for the next question that we're going to answer, how do you pick your names for your, uh, characters? You want to answer that one first, Vicki? So it depends on the character and if it's a, a main character or secondary characters, I, I actually like to pick secondary characters first names, uh, and picking people I know, and it's not that the character is based on them. I just want them to know that I'm thinking of them. So I, I, I use their first name and they kind of giggle when they realize what I've done. Um, it really depends on the character. I, I sometimes find their last name first. And then kind of what kind of comes off the tongue easily with the last name. Interesting. I've never heard that answer before. That's, that's an interesting. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So my question with what you just said about how you put your, your friends and family in, in there, have you also put somebody you didn't like and let them know? <laughs> giving them like you know <laughs> made no, them a <laughs> that that would be fun but i haven't done that yet okay well just you know it's there like if you you know don't like anybody you can make him a villain and be like this is yeah, because that wouldn't be obvious at all, Dawn. <laughs> How about you, Maggie? How do you pick your character names? Um, well, I think it just I, it basically depends on which series I was writing. Um, my first one uh, was my Tempered Steel series, and I wrote it about seven brothers, which seven brothers I had easy access to. And um, so I just sort of changed their names a little bit, you know. And, um, but they all had one good trait from my brother-in-laws and one, something they needed to work on <laughs> the others. Um, now in my over 40 series, uh, Hell on Heels, the very first book was Minx. And, um, I actually had, I, I don't know if you know, Miranda Lynn, she's a USA Today bestselling author. She's from Tennessee. Well, we became great friends um, at a couple of conventions, and she did my funny, klutzy, ingenue uh, video for me. She was my model video. Excellent. And so, yeah, so I, I had to name my heroine Miranda because it just, I kept trying to use the name I had originally thought of, and it just did not work. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was yeah. Miranda. So I, I, that's pretty much how I did it. Other than that, um, they're like names of people that I knew or things. And as far as the villain goes, um, yes, I have written about <laughs> certain characteristics of people. Um, and, um, I, I think they're too narcissistic to even realize. 
that that's who, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's who, who it is. So yeah, I just let them yeah. have their their light. <laughs> that's funny. All yeah. right, I've done that too. I've done it. I have. <laughs> Okay, we've got a question from our Canadian friend. Um, as the U.S. is close to Thanksgiving, what do you prefer, apple or pecan pie or something entirely different? Non-writing related. Non-writing related question. Okay. Um, Makes me want to, like, take a breath just thinking about the pies after Thanksgiving. But, <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, for my birthday, I, I would ask for a pecan pie instead of cake. So pecan is absolutely my favorite, and I, I have strange texture issues. I like apples raw, but I won't eat them baked. So I don't eat apple pie ever. <laughs> wow. <So I'm> <laughs> I um I my my um my mother in law. Um, she made a fan, fabulous cook. She was a fabulous cook. Everything from scratch, even noodles, ravioli, Yum. everything. Wow. Um, and she made a, a brownie pecan pie Ooh. that was absolutely the pinnacle. I mean, it was the best. You know, you, you, you just had to cut the sweetness with ice cream. That's right. all I'm saying. <laughs> that sounds interesting because I'm not a big like nut pie person, like pecan mm -hmm. pie, and like mm, I can't do that, or like pecan ice cream. I just can't do nuts in my desserts. But um, that sounds interesting. Brownies and pecan, interesting. It was. It was. It's very good. It's, mm -hmm. It was when it was warm, and it was just you're not quite sure if it's goo. It, it wasn't gooey, but it wasn't like you know. It was just perfect. I'm that still sounds working on it. <laughs> delicious. Yes. That sounds delicious. I'm going to say, Teresa said that her daughter has the same issue with apples, um, like oh. you said. And um, I that made me realize that my daughter doesn't have it with apples, but she does with, like, she calls it squished fruit. Like, she doesn't <laughs> like squished fruit. Mostly oh. berries. Berries. Okay. So yep. I think she'll eat some apple pie, but, like, squished berries. She just, she'll do some jelly. But mm -hmm. squished berries, <laughs> she won't. I see. And my granddaughters, oh, yeah. my granddaughters won't do, they'll do the fresh fruit. They'll do any kind of fruit, even if yeah. it's warm or anything like that. But if you call it a cobbler, they won't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. See, I've never met only one, one pie in my life, a mincemeat pie. I, other oh. than that, I, I have not met a pie that I would not. Eat, funny, so really. I'm not terribly picky. Was that in London? Um, I well, I mean, I've never had mincemeat pie. It just doesn't sound good to me. So oh, I, so you've never had it? You didn't even eat it in, no. when you were in London? Well, no, because it doesn't sound good to me. But any, I any either. But I wonder if it's actually a pie. I mean, is it like really a pie, or is it like when they say fish and chips? It just means really French and French fries. No, it, it's it's really it's really a pie. It really is a pie. Okay. Yeah. But it's you know I mean obviously not a sweet pie. It's a yeah. It's so anyway. yeah, not a sweet pie. <laughs> Other than well, that, like I mean, bring on any kind of pie. I will I will eat whatever pie you put in front of me. So. <laughs> Wasn't it like yeah, two years ago that we did the cookbook and Kate Bateman, she put her mincemeat pie mm -hmm. recipe in our cookbook. Mm -hmm. yeah, oh, you guys did a cookbook. Yeah. We did. We did a recipe. Um, we, we should bring that back out again, Dawn. We should yeah. make that available for our 100th episode. We should. Let's do it. We'll do that. All right. That's funny. I did a cookbook too, a companion cookbook to the Tempered Steel. And it has all of my mother-in-law's recipes in it. Oh, Ooh, fun. after you, does it have what? that brownie pecan pie one in there? Because I I'm think thinking, so. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I need to get okay. a copy of that cookbook. All right, <laughs> let's swap. Let's swap. We we'll trade. give you yes. a copy of ours. You give us a we copy of yours. But we'll also, okay. I am curious: was your mother okay? Your mother-in-law okay with you giving away all her her secret recipes? She thought it was or a hit. Okay. Okay. She absolutely. So you're, you're on good terms. Oh good. yeah. Yes. Oh, bless her heart. She's passed out, but she's, she, she loved it. She okay. thought it was just, yeah, she thought it was great. Actually, she did one herself for a, 
a family reunion. Like I said, 10 kids, all married, all have kids, grandkids, great grandkids. At the last count, there was 116 of us. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So Vicki, have you ever done a, a recipe, uh, a, a, what is the cookbook for any of your books yet? No, no. Just sweet contemporary romance. I mean, I've, I've given recipes where like co-workers put them together and gave them each yeah. as gifts to each other, but no, never published one. Well, there's a lot of work. It is a lot well, of work. Well, Dylan, I think we have, yeah, I think we have enough time for one more question. Um, Dawn, you're living in the future again, so we still have five no, minutes. No, now my, no, okay, wait, look, 7.59, that's I don't my phone. We've only been live for 55 minutes, so, okay, so Teresa wants Holy to know, cow. if you had to choose between always winter or always summer, which one would you choose? Okay, oh. I'm going to have to say summer, because I cannot deal with this winter crap. And it's only started. Just started. You live in Montana. I know. I love Montana. <laughs> I love the snow, but I hate the cold that it brings with it. True. So. True. It's beautiful, but I, I, I it's a love-hate situation going on. I'm with Dawn. Summer. Summer, 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 please. I, like I said, I used to live in Cincinnati, and I moved to Central Florida to get away from the winter, so I'm a summer girl. Wow. Maggie, are you a summer or winter? I, I would probably say winter because wow. I don't like to sweat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm curious what Dylan's going to say because I've heard Dylan say both. Like, I can't wait till the snow gets here. And then also she shows up on the show sometimes like dressed in all of her summer gear. So she's like you've done that before with like a, like sunglasses and stuff where you were like projecting the snow to go away. 100 percent i did do that you're right yeah i think it depends on where exactly i am because if i had to do minnesota winter all year long that would be a hard no and if i had to do texas summer all year long that would be a hard no so so i think it would depend on where i am middle yeah you need to kind of move south but not too much south but I also lived in Kansas City, and there, I mean, you do get the four seasons, but there you also get hot summers and really cold winters. So, you know. That's us in, in Missouri. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I lived in Kansas City for a long time. So, yeah. So I, th- I think, yeah. Um, it, it would depend. But, all right. I'm going to pick one more question here. And, um, yeah, see, Jennifer's in upstate New York and dreading the snow. We're, um, yeah. We are supposed to. There's a 40% chance of snow for us on Tuesday. And I'm already. Mm-hmm. Although, you know what? It's already snowed here because we already had snow. We've got eight yeah. inches. It, it yeah. just all melted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got eight inches currently. We had a blizzard yesterday. You have eight inches of snow on the ground outside your house right now? Yeah. It snowed eight inches last night. I did not realize it had already snowed there. Okay. I'm going to go back to Karen's series of questions, and we're going to do rapid fire this or that. She's got a couple of them for us. Sweet. So um, matching or mismatched socks. Vicki, what do you say? Do you wear matching or mismatched socks? Oh, matching. Sorry. (laughs) Boring, but matching. (laughs) How about you, Maggie? Uh, matching. Yeah. Dawn? Uh, it depends on the day and whether I can find my socks in time or not. <laughs> if I'm in a hurry, mismatching. I'm like a kid. I, my kids mismatch all of our socks. And so, yep, so today I have on one sock has um, a pug with reindeer ears and the other sock is um, orange and green and white shamrocks well mine are from the beautiful miss karen when she sent us the socks that one year and they say if you can read this bring me some more wine so i've got Ah. those socks on today yeah so fitting dawn yes for sure (laughs) all right um and then she says let's see sweet or salty when it comes to snacks we prefer sweet or salty Mm. maggie 
Um, a- actually, I'm more salty. Popcorn's my favorite. Ooh, yum! Um, it's good. Yeah. How about you, can baby? I, can I cheat and say both? I love those two things Ooh. together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Salty popcorn. I love sweet or salty. Sorry, Vicky. What did you say you love? Oh, finish that. Chocolate covered potato chips. Oh, wow. Oh gosh, Yum. Karen, chocolate covered potato chips. Karen's our resident like foodie. She loves weird foods. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Have to see if she had some of that. That sounds good though. Um, I would have to say. I guess, well, I love sweets, but I can't really eat them very much anymore. So salty, I guess. Okay. I guess. I'm I'm gonna go sweet. Yep, no problem. Okay. Sweet. All right. I don't I don't even understand this one, Karen. It says dress or blouse. Oh, you wanna wear a dress or do you wanna wear a shirt and pants? Well, I know That's but what I get from it. <laughs> I don't wear either a dress or a blouse. I wear pajamas and jeans. <laughs> so, okay, we'll skip dress or blouse. Um, flip flops or sneakers? Oh, it depends on the weather. I mean, <laughs> people mostly, wear mostly I wear, well, mostly I'm barefoot in need of a pedicure. That's well, what I mostly wear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Flip flops. Well, wow. Florida, yes, I would imagine flip flops. Yeah. All right. All last right. One. Well, okay, one more. Yeah. Bright Sorry. or neutral colors? To wear brights or neutrals? Yeah. <laughs> Maggie's uh, got on bright colors. Where yeah, are you? Always, you? I always wear bright. She's just yeah. I have bright red hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say I'm a classic dresser, so I'd have to go with neutrals. Mm. Okay. I do whatever make whatever I feel like. So sometimes when I'm feeling like blah, I'll be like, oh, fine, I'll wear like a bright colored shirt so it could try to force my mood to be better and stuff. And I don't know. I'm just weird. I'll do both. Um, I probably tend to wear more neutral colors, but I like bright colors better. So yeah. how's that for a mixed answer? Yep. All right. All right. Yeah, so we are at the end. So yeah. And we are at the end of our broadcast. We are over time, even though I, you know, I mean, yeah, but we needed to go over time. So this is our 99th episode that means wow. our next episode is going to be our 100th episode roughly we're not really counting book clubs and all that mm-hmm. and extras we're just officially it. we're saying officially, officially. It will be our 100th yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. congratulations, congratulations. That's thank you yeah. wow that's great and we've got our big 100th episode giveaway. So if you haven't entered that yet, um, in addition to this week's giveaway, which we've got yep. up on the Facebook page, um, look for the link for that because we have, I mean, we, we just asked some of our past authors if they wanted to participate and they lured us with the mm-hmm. stuff that they are, with that they're giving away. So um, and I, I went to the P.O. box today and I had to get like one of those little thingies to get carry all the books to my car because we had people nice. send them to us. And, That's yeah. great. So you guys are going to be in for a massive, massive treat, a huge, huge amount of uh, goodies. So, so make yes, sure because we always. We always have the best authors that come on we do. our show. Like, we love you guys. You're a family to us. So thank you so awesome. much, Vicki and Maggie, for coming. Um, Had and a great day. Thanks for having us. Yes. And we can't wait to have you on the show again. Um, and all your readers, again, stop by our page. We're get, not only giving away Vicki and Maggie's giveaways, but we're doing our 100th episode giveaway. We are also featuring... Um, all well, not all of our authors, but a bunch of our authors from the past on our show, all up until our giveaway or our 100th episode. 
the second week. I got that right this time, Dylan. You did. Of December. Yep. <laughs> the second Saturday of December. We've only been broadcasting for 100 episodes. And last last time, Dawn forgot. <laughs> I was, yeah, like, second to four. I don't know. It was just about it's all right. my brain. It's all right. My brain was muddled. But yeah, we are coming down with um, featured books. And so yes. we've, we've had them posted on our Facebook page, our Instagram. I've been doing our TikToks and I'm behind because for some reason, um, TikTok would not post on my phone when I was out of town. I'm not sure what happened. It, it entered some sort of weird vortex, um, but I'm back now and I'm catching up. So great. Yeah. Check so, it out. Yep. Check it out, and then we will see you not next Thursday because that is Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. Um, but we, two right? weeks from two weeks from today is Thanksgiving. Yeah, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes. And but we will see you on the uh, in December, eighth of so. December. Yeah. Yep. Great. Congratulations, guys. Had a great time. Thank you so Thanks. much. Thanks. Thanks so much for being Thanks Bye. very much for being here, Maggie and Vicki. All right. Bye. See you at the events. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com. Don't forget, you can always join us live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. To connect with Dawn or me, check the show notes for our contact info. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.